G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Oh, it's going to be a big one. One three hundred. Feeling we may be dominated by one particular topic, which we are happy to do. Pies fans, it's your opportunity. The floor is yours. As we always do, we open it up to you at the start of the show each and every week. We're going to do exactly that and perhaps extend it a little bit longer. And if you're not a Collingwood fan and you want to have your say on how your club went during the trade period, we're here for you as well. Sam Edmund with the latest out of 10 o'clock. Um, I love the backstories that emerged the day and day or two after the trade period of what could have gone down, what the dogs could have got for Dunkley and what may have been the sliding doors moments. We'll chat to Sammy about that after 10. New Eagle, Alex Witherden's going to join us. The Eagles have been strengthened. He leaves the Brisbane Lions. We'll chat to him. And Aratio Fantasia is going to join us as well. Adam Trelaw set to face the media at some point throughout this morning, so we'll bring that to you live as it happens as well. But, as we always do, For a club that proudly claims to stand side by side, Collingwood have done anything but. They've mistreated a group of star players and treated its fans like fools this past fortnight. Last week, coach Nathan Buckley tweeted angrily in response to a concerning report out of the Magpies. He denied having a conversation with midfielder Adam Trelaw about moving him on. The constant rumour and innuendo is disrespectful to Adam, the club and our supporters will continue to communicate directly and sensitively with ads and his management, part of the statement read. Well, one week later, Trelaw is gone for a bag of chips and Collingwood are paying for him to play for another club for the next five years. It's clear now... Well, if you believe another young star who was shipped off in the garage sale yesterday, Jaden Stevenson, that the club didn't deal with him sensitively. He was traded to North yesterday, also for a bag of chips. And here's how the club communicated with him during this difficult time. My manager sort of came to me and then I heard heard nothing from the club. So then I gave Bucks a call myself just to, to see what was going on and how it was. And he just pretty much said, mate, look for a trade as aggressively as you want and we'll try to facilitate it. So, yeah, there wasn't a very clear reasoning or anything. But like I said, I think it's all worked out for the best now. I gave Bucks a call myself. Stevenson also admitted that Buckley was the only senior Collingwood figure that he spoke to. And it was him, a 21-year-old who is entering only his fourth season, being forced to initiate that uncomfortable situation. In 2018, the Collingwood Football Club celebrated its brightest star, an AFL Rising Star Award winner, Jaden Stevenson, by willing him out on all the membership packages. Twelve months later, they handed him a lucrative four-year contract. Yesterday, they gifted him to North Melbourne. Most of us can understand mistakes in any field particularly if the person or club that has made them confronts it and acknowledges it. The most difficult thing out of Collingwood's garage sale is that they aren't being up front with the hundreds of thousands of Collingwood members who have supported the club financially in their most difficult year. Everyone knows that it was an exploding salary cap 
that has forced these decisions upon the club. However, the Magpies just won't admit it. The architect behind Collingwood's sell-off is list boss Ned Guy. He spoke unconvincingly yesterday on Fox Footy when he was quizzed on the health of the salary cap. In part, he denied that there was any issues with the salary cap and this fire sale, or garage sale as I like to call it, was designed about improving their list. Not sure most Collingwood fans would stomach that. We want to go to the draft and improve our list. That's obviously been the party line that's been agreed to be ruled out publicly by the club. They'd be better served for calling it what it is. Collingwood got weaker, the opposition got stronger, and your members are hurting. They still have enough talent, experience and star power on its list to be highly competitive again next year. However, premierships are so hard to win. And to achieve it, as highlighted by Richmond and the dynasties before them, the culture of the club needs to be rock solid with complete buy-in from the players, coaches and staff. It remains to be seen the damage that's been done to the Magpies in the last fortnight, but my guess is it'll be significant. It's the famous Magpie army, through no fault of their own, that may suffer the most. 716. That was my turn. Now it's yours. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Won't uh, hold you up any longer because I know a lot of Collingwood fans want to have their say and a lot of footy fans want to have their say about the past goings-on of what's happened to the Collingwood Footy Club in the last two weeks. Darren is in Blackburn. He's going to kick us off on the captain's run this morning. Daz, good morning to you, mate. How are you feeling? Oh, Kane, I'm, I'm gutted, mate. I am absolutely gutted. Uh, to the point where, I, you know, I was even thinking about trying to sleep last night. Just so hurt that... And, I, and I'm glad that you raised the point, Kane, that, that they're treating the, the members like fools. Can, can you bear with me a minute while I go just through some notes I made in preparation to speak with you? Yep. So we've got uh, the last five years of, of first-round draft activity for Collingwood, Okay. 16 and 17, uh, sorry, 15 and 16 picks went to, to, to the Giants for Trelaw. 17, they took Stevenson. 18 and 19 went to Brisbane for Beans. Steve-O's now gone. That means in five years, we have nothing to show for first-round selections, Kane. So um, Nathan Buckley apparently told Steve-O he hasn't opened up to the group. What the hell does that mean? Mm. The kids keep 75 goals in 54 games. He had a bad, well, a down year because he had glandular fever, impacted by COVID in the hub. That's understandable for a 21-year-old. And now the club is trying to treat us like idiots, saying that they're doing this to make our list stronger and it's not a salary cap dump. These are things that we're just not buying. We just don't buy. I mean, Ned Guy, I have no doubt, will be held accountable for this because he, he clearly doesn't own a calculator or he gets his numeracy skills from Sesame Street, this role, who? There needs to be accountability right up the trail, Kate, right up the chain to the top, fish rocks at the head. Good on you, Darren. Yeah, good on you, Darren. A lot of people want to have their say. I completely understand your point. And, and what you'll find now is the footy fan has never been smarter. I mean, we just had two and a half weeks of trade radio. Everyone knows what is going on at the Collingwood Footy Club, yet they're not quite prepared to admit it. Let's have a listen to Ned Guy when he was asked about the damage that um, has been done to their salary cap. Uh, I, th- I think it's a bit of a beat up, the, the salary cap issues. I think it's it's topical and people like to talk about it and 
and you know we, we we didn't do much media throughout this trade period and and that's a lot to do with the agreement we put in place and and i think due to that the speculation just kept rising but um no we, we don't think it's as as bad as people have, have put out there but um, as we said, the, the best way for us to bring in top in, you know, elite talent is through the draft. But, but Ned, you're going to be paying for some of this talent to pay to play for other football clubs. Oh, we're not going to go into the specifics of any place. But we know case. that. We, we know you will be funding some of the, the Trelaw package at, at the Western Bull. We don't have to go into the specific numbers. But, but it does get to a point now where the salary cap's forcing you to, to subsidise other clubs. Yeah, we're not going to talk about players' contracts. Well, there you go. That was it in that audio, of course, thanks to Fox Footy last night. Matt's on the Gold Coast. G'day to you, Matt. Hey, Karen. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. I don't know about you, but um, as a Collingwood member, I'm not paying my membership this year because their behaviour is disgusting. Um, Steve-O had the same stats as Connor Rosie. Would Ports give away Connor Rosie? Mm. No way. Not for a pick 26, 29. If, if you haven't got a salary cap issue, why are you giving the players away? If you're going to give players away, go to the guys that aren't performing year in, year out. You know, Will Hoskin, Elliot, Josh Thomas, players that you know you can afford to lose. You can't afford to lose Stevenson. would never have happened under Mick Malthouse. Mick would have wrapped his arms around Stevenson and he would have turned into a player that you know, excelled. It just can't happen anymore. Well said, Matt. He spoke extremely well, I thought, to Jaden Stevenson yesterday. Now there's two sides to every story, of course, but um, Collingwood have had the opportunity to tell those, um, but uh, the tell theirs, I should say, but they haven't done that adequately yet. And we'll wait and see, apart from Bucks sending out the odd tweet, which he did yesterday and said it was his most difficult day in football. Not much has been said from the reasons behind the Collingwood Footy Club. Paul's in St Kilda. G'day, Paul. Hey, Kane. How's it going, mate? I'm good, thanks. Collingwood supporter, member 21 years, mate. I've never been so disgusted in the club and the way they've handled that trade period. We've kicked out a bunch of talent for a packet of chips at 5pm tonight with a sign saying enough is enough. The members want answers because I've had enough of this. Their head rots from the top and it's disgusting the way they've treated players on the way out the door. Paul, love your passion and sympathise with you. What is it about most that has you as worked up as you are? What, what, what is it that is forcing you to, to hurt like you are? The, the way the club's handled, the whole Ned guy coming out yesterday and saying it's not a salary cap issue. If it's not a salary cap issue, why are we paying the Bulldogs to take Trawler off our hands? Mm. Why are we giving Stevenson, a third-year player, away for chips? It doesn't make sense. If you come out and be honest with us, maybe we could understand it, but they haven't been. They've lied the whole way through. Well said, Paul. Seth is in Kings Lake. G'day, Seth. Hey, y'all, mate. What's your I'm thoughts going, on the pies? I don't under- yeah, I'll go from Collingwood. I don't understand the whole... They're trying to sell to the... They're going to go to the draft and that. Yeah, they pick 26, 33, 39 and 42. How? I don't understand how that's better for the club going forward. Like... Well, I don't they th- understand. Yeah. <laughs> they, they think the supporters are stupid. That, that's what they. That's what they think. Like it, any anyone with any knowledge of um, what takes to be a successful list could look at that and say, "We've just got significantly weaker." And you're gonna the line you're gonna wheel out is that we're gonna go to the draft to replenish the list. Like 
Good luck getting a 100% strike rate with picks, um, what is it, 16 and, and 18 or whatever you said it is, or 14 and 16. Like, that, that's 50-50 at best that you're going to get a 200-game player. And you've just shipped off a couple. And don't get me started on Tom Phillips. Um, he averaged 25 with 16 kicks in 2018 and was a very good AFL footballer. And the Hawks just sat there and sweated like vultures yesterday and got him in for pick 60, 65 for Tom Phillips. Like, so a, a lot of the commentary has been about Stevenson and Trelaw, but I wouldn't mind some commentary about Phillips as well. Um, and pick 65 for him on the last day of trade, and it's not about the salary cap. Yeah, I don't think we're buying that. Lyndon is on the line. Hi, Lyndon. Hi there. Yeah, it won't hold you up. A lot of these previous speakers have virtually said what I was thinking anyway, but one interesting aspect, um, it appears that there's going to be a huge father and son influence in that player list very soon. I'm just wondering whether that's something that's making a lot of sense too. Look, it's probably happened in the past, so it'd mm. be a good one to watch. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's going to happen and they'll get some um, father-sons and, and if you listen to Matty Rendell who knows the space as good as anyone, young Dacos is going to be an absolute gun next year. Um, that's part of it, but I think part of it is how you treat your people as well and what about it saw them fit to extend Jaden Stevenson's contract by four years, 12 months ago. Same with Trelaw, 12 months ago. And then a year later, you're giving very, very good and highly talented AFL players away for nothing and you haven't spoken to them. I mean, a 21-year-old was forced to pick up the phone and speak to Nathan Buckley once he heard some rumours from his manager. Not sure that's the way you want to be treating your people and I'm not sure that's the way that um, would be a great... Um, I guess, lure to get other players in from other clubs once they see the way that their people are being treated. Pete's on the road. Hi, Pete. Hey, mate. Thanks for taking the call. Got a bit of theory, got a theory on this, and I think I don't think anyone's floated this. So Collingwood played in a grand final uh, two years 2018. ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what if they, uh, you know, they uh, created these contracts knowing... You know, with the intention that we need to keep the key players, uh, we're in we're in the hunt for a premiership. Um, they back end they back ended the contracts like Trelaws was back ended. Yeah, uh, we'll have a crack at a premiership, and no matter what happens, we win one. We're still going to have to offload players. So my point is, they strategically uh, bolstered up contracts that they knew in the future they couldn't retain, but the the prize would have been a premiership. Now they're in the case they didn't get the premiership. They've still got the issue with the salary cap and they're offloading. So the question, this one answers the question of why are they all of a sudden, what happened to the calculator? Because I was initially all about, you know, well, can't they do their sums? And his net guy are still acting as a player manager rather than a list manager. Now, that will, in my opinion, will prove itself. If net guy still has a job, nothing changes at Collingwood. This was a strategy to retain players, to have a crack at a premiership, and they were going to offload them regardless of what happened, but at least they'd have one in the bag and all would be forgiven by the members. Yeah, I, I, I love a good theory, Pete, and you've thought of 18. Like, like Jaden Stevenson's contract was coming out at the end of 2021. Yeah, there, there was no need to extend his deal. So how you could get that so wrong, not only by extending him if you didn't think he was a player that you thought he was going to be, and, and Nathan Buckley via Jaden Stevenson admitted that he had some weaknesses in his game that he didn't like, but you've gone and extended him. Same with Trelaw. They didn't need to extend his contract. They, they didn't need to give Brody Grundy 
seven years. They didn't need to pay Mason Cox the money that he's on and others. Now, perhaps the one theory that I heard during the week, which sort of makes sense, is that they probably expected one of Dugowie or more to leave. And perhaps that, in essence, hurt them. And they didn't expect Brody Mycheck to, to come on as well as he did and, and be um, the asset that he has been. So that that would make some sense if you thought more or Dugowie one of was going to leave and both of them turned to stay. But, I mean, they would have been better trading out Dugowie, wouldn't they? Um, I would have thought, rather than treat the players the way that they've been treated. We'll take you more of your calls right throughout the morning. Um, we're here through until 12, and the line's going to be open and available to you right through until that time. There's a lot of other people that want to say have their say on their clubs and their performance as well. We'll do that as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll be back after this. A little bit later on this morning, we're going to sum up your team's trade period in just three words. We're going to go through all 18 clubs. I'm going to tell you how they went in only three words, and I'd love for you to play a veil who's got a positive spin on the Collingwood situation. Hit me with it, Nick. Hey, how are you going, um, Tony? Thanks for taking my call. Um, just with that last day when we played with Geelong, so we kicked uh, six points up to three-quarter time. Now, I love all these three players that have gone, but you look at Trelaw and Phillips, their disposal going into our forward line is atrocious, and everybody blames our forward line. So if, you, if you're getting um, delivery like that, every forward line is going to fail, even the Richmond forward line. Stevenson... Um, I listened to Triple N before, and they um, Jeff Walsh was on there. Now, Stevenson was spoken to all year about attitude and things that had to be done, and it was no surprise he was gone anyway from what they said. Did they speak to Steel Sidebottom about his attitude? No, they didn't. Mm, interesting. No, but I'm, ju- I'm just saying, you look, you look at the Port Adelaide list, they got rid of Wingard back then. They were looking at getting rid of Ollie Wines back then. They got three... three great players and they're young boys and look at your list now you know they nearly had a premiership contention this year so if, if you keep going on um keeping the, the same players and not being proactive um you know the, the list is just going to stay the same so you just got to keep bringing young players in you know um I don't know look it's a yeah no, it's nick a I, nick i like i like the uh, glass half full approach and some of uh, what you're saying and the breakdown in their in their game plan this year and um, Stevenson had a poor year. I, I get that. My counter to that would be: well, how did they misread their own players so badly to the point where they're paying Jaden Stevenson 500 grand until 2023, and they're paying 1.2 million to the Western Bulldogs to allow Trelaw to play for another club because you got the contract extension wrong? That would be that would be the counter to that. The Dane Beams acquisition, the Brody Grundy seven years, um, the continuation of pushing player salaries out to further years has caught up with them. And I'd love for them to admit it, but they won't. Andrew's been waiting patiently. He wants to change clubs and speak about his bombers. G'day, Andrew. Oh, g'day, uh, Gaunt. Uh, look, firstly, uh, I think Collingwood Tells uh, has been taking lessons from um, the, the late President um, Trump in America. Um, so I think they've been taking lessons from him. But in relation to um, Essendon, uh, three words, possibility, strength and disappointment. The possibilities are with the players they've... they've, they've um, Recruited. Um, hopefully, they'll reach their full potentials at Essendon. The strength is our, is our six, seven, eight um, picks in the draft, and the disappointment, of course, is not getting Dunkley from Footscray. So, in a nutshell, I think 
we've done okay, but time will tell. No, I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty comfortable if I was a Bombers fan. Um, I think they they played it nicely. Yeah, disappointing. You commit to Josh Dunkley and you couldn't get it done. But we're we're hearing that pick seven and was it a future second was on the table and, and the Western Bulldogs didn't take it. You're not going to pay any more than that for Josh Dunkley. You've turned Danaher, Saad and Fantasia into an unbelievable haul of draft and the ability to set your club up for years and years to come should you nail those picks. There's a number of issues that Essendon need to sort out um, with their game plan and um, the culture of the footy club. I understand that. But from a list management and a trade point of view, don't think you could have done much better than than what you achieved in in that time. So if I was a Bombers fan, the um, hysteria that was confronting the club five or six weeks ago when these players announced that they were leaving, they've done a great job to salvage the situation at the Essendon Footy Club. We're going to get to Ben, John, Jake and Ross on the other side of the news headlines with Meredith Gibbs. Sports, big... Good on you, Meredith. Been on fire all year and still powering along, delivering us the best news bulletin each and every half hour. Let's get to, well, let's get to Benny before we hear from Eddie Maguire, which I want to get to shortly. But uh, you're a Carlton fan, Ben, and you're enjoying this. G'day, uh, Kano. I love your work. You're doing a great job. Can I say today's Friday the 13th, and as every, as for the other 17 clubs, we're loving this. Collingwood <laughs> are eating their own. And there's one word, Kono. Karma. 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 <laughs> there's Ben. He's a Carlton fan. He's up and about um, gloating in the misery of the Collingwood fans. You can respond, Pies fans, though. If you've got a, uh, if you've got a response to those happy Carlton fans, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Let's hear from the Collingwood president, who hasn't had a lot to say recently. Big story. I mean, today, I mean, we, have, we haven't even had one conversation about uh, whether Geelong have given up too much for Jeremy Cameron at a million dollars a year and 29 years of age, and maybe they haven't. But we haven't even had that conversation. So it becomes a big thing. And one of the things that we uh, have made a policy is that we don't talk on trade radios or places. We do what we have to do. Ned Guy, uh, you know, did uh, the interviews that he was he was asked to do and was required to do by the AFL. But it's part of the strategy of what of what is going on. And it, it is not something that needs to be out there all the time. And and Paul, you you, you have to either trust our organisation that we live with these guys and literally over the last three months daily we understand what's going on we don't air our, our dirty linen at Collingwood we don't leak things out to undermine players and these uh, this the, the decisions were made and it's as simple as that and yep as I said mate no one no one wears the jumper as a supporter more than me but no one more but plenty as as good as that mate and you're one of them um, but I, I can guarantee you that none of these decisions were made with anything other than the benefit of the Collingwood Football Club going forward in mind and we wish Adam Trelaw the very best and we wish him well and he hasn't been shortchanged, he hasn't been dudded, he's actually got a longer term contract now on very good terms and we wish him all the best. Same for Flipper, he's been able to get a five year contract I believe at Hawthorne, is that right Tom Brown? Is no, it? I think it's three at about uh, three mid $300,000 a year but the well, point is he's, he's been he's, well, got some good security and some good money. 
Yeah, and that wasn't going to happen probably at Collingwood. He was out of the side late in the year, uh, injured, and, uh, you know, he's been a fantastic player. But, uh, you know, our list management believe that there's other players now pressing up underneath him and coming through. So, and uh, Jaden Stevenson, I think uh, that was answered uh, uh, pretty straightforward by uh, by Jeff Walsh. So their things are all taken into account. And, you know, if you want to have Darcy Moore and you want to have these other guys still at the club, you know, you've got to make some decisions and know what the decisions that were made. That audio, thanks to Triple M this morning, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 The comments are that they don't comment publicly. My response to that would be, well, in this era, particularly this year, when so many footy fans have essentially donated their money to keep the clubs running, they deserve better. Uh, they deserve to know and be informed about exactly what's happening at Collingwood. Because otherwise, we look back and we see Tom Phillips pick 65. Jaden Stevenson, bag of chips, was was pick six and an absolute star of the game only 12 months ago. And you saw fit to extend his contract. And Adam Trelaw, the same. And now they're out the door. The opposition gets stronger. Collingwood get weaker. And there continues to be a denial that it had anything to do with the salary cap. I'm just not sure the Collingwood fans can stomach that, but I'm happy to be wrong. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Johnny's been waiting patiently. Saints got a ripper, Johnny. Jack Higgins. Oh, no, I'm actually the reverse, Kane. I hope okay. you're well. I'm a Richmond supporter, and uh, good riddance to Jack Higgins. I mean, he was never going to be in our best 22 anyway. I mean, um, I'm just going to name a couple of players. I'm just going to name some players that I think people just aren't aware of, but, um, you know, Jack Ross, Riley Collier, Dawkins, um, you know, Thompson Dow, Will Martin, who hasn't played yet, but they hold him very high regard. Um, Hugo Ralph Smith, who's been developing very, very quite well. We forget that we've got a bloke called Sydney Stack that, um, unfortunately, you know, whatever happened in the, um, the hub happened, but, uh, that's one of the most talented footballers that we've had at Richmond for a long time and had Morris Rioli Jr. to that list, which I, I hope we're going to get. Jack Higgins is not going to hurt Richmond nor, and I, I am a bit disappointed in Oli Markov going. I thought Oli Markov could have been. Mm. Uh, a very good player, but um, three words for Richmond, future looks good. Pick 17, pick 36, and then you've got three others, which obviously they'll use to um, uh, hopefully um, main, retain um, Derek Eggleston-Smith um, and uh, Ben Miller, who I think is also a talent. So, you know, to have that at your your disposal and, then, and the rest of the talent that's there, I can't see Richmond not figuring in the finals for at least the next five to six years. Well, you, with the Tiger fans, would hope you're right, John, and I think the only thing that would um, be a threat to that is is the hunger. I mean, to maintain up the top when the other teams are coming. I mean, there's there's no weaknesses in their list, and I thought the deal for Jack Higgins was was reasonably fair. The Saints probably paid just a touch more than they wanted to. Um, Richmond did well out of it, and it's you know probably a win-win. Oh, I tend to agree with you on that one. I don't think it's going to hurt them significantly next year, the Tigers. But Ross wants to speak about the hot club, that is Collingwood. Your thoughts on it, Ross? Yeah, Kate, it seems like you and I talk a lot every Friday about Collingwood and uh, what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think I sort of alluded to you a few weeks ago that there seems to be a real lack of direction at Collingwood from the top down. Like Buckley's out of contract at the end of 2021. People have got to start talking about that. What's the direction of the club going forward? Now, you know, is, is it scorched earth time? It looks like it. That's basically what the club has signalled by what they did yesterday and the stuff that's been in the press over the last sort of three to four weeks. Um, now, last time I checked, if players aren't on the same page, if there's clearly not, you know, harmony within the group, 
there's not really any chance for success in the, the short term. So I think you know that basically wipes out next year. So what what's going to happen after that? I mean, it's that's that's what confuses me the most, and that's what upsets me as a sort of a, a twenty plus year uh, member of, mm. of the Collingwood Football Club is that we just don't have any direction or leadership as to what is going to happen going forward. Now, you know, the, the biggest issue for mine at the moment is the fact that you know the, the members and the fans continually just get fed. Uh, you know, spin and rubbish from the club. I mean, Eddie is happy to comment about a lot of things about what other clubs are doing, but then won't even answer a basic sort of question. And as you said, I mean, um, Jaden Stevenson and Adam Trelaw, their contracts 12 months ago were extended. Now, they weren't off, con- they were coming off contract mm. next season, not the end of this yep. season. Now, the club didn't even put out a press release of any sort. Like, the only indication I saw that there was, you know, there was a couple of line article maybe last year saying that Trelaw potentially re-signed until the end of 2025. And there was literally nothing on Stevenson re-signing until a week ago, until the end of 2023, on more money. Now, Mm. I don't know about you, but that just looks amateur. And to be honest, at the end of the day, if you're an employer who doesn't honour contracts just out there in the normal world, people don't want to come and work for you. So why would any AFL footballer out there want to come and play at Collingwood now? I mean, Trelaw is literally the biggest fish that we signed since 94, since we got Buckley. Um, let, let's be honest. Um, and we've literally, you know, put him out in the, you know, in the front lawn as that's hard rubbish time. And same with Stevenson, same with guys like Tom Phillips and R2, right? Guys that actually show a bit of something and... Um, we put them out on the front lawn, and mate, as you know, no one pays you know top dollar for what you put out at hard rubbish. So that's mm. what we've got in the end. So Ross, he's uh, always uh, informs us with some gold nuggets, and he's uh, followed it closer than most as a supporter, and he makes a lot of sense once again. And I pretty much agree with you, mate. We'll quickly sneak in James, who's in Preston. You don't think the players that they got rid of James are going to hurt them too badly? No, not at all, mate. And soft players, they're big earner, hard ball. And somebody earlier said that uh, Moldos would have wrapped his arms around Jaden Stevenson. No, he wouldn't. He hated players that wouldn't get in there and do the hard yards. The only thing I'm filthy about the pies is giving um, Grundy seven years. I hated that. But the players we've got rid of, don't worry, it won't affect our, us next year. Without okay. Righto, James. If James doesn't think they're going to hurt, um, I think the damage not only on the field but also um, to the culture of the footy club will be significant, but that remains to be seen and it's hard to measure right now. It's 19 minutes to 10 o'clock. We'll get to Steve and Sean, Simon, Brian and Andy on the other side of this. Taking your calls right through until 12 o'clock today. We'll have the latest trade wash-up with Sam Edmund. New Eagle Alex Witherden's going to join us. Also, Port Adelaide's newest recruit, Aratio Fantasia, and the reasons for him leaving the Bombers. And Adam Trelaw set to face the media today in a scheduled press conference in Western Bulldogs Colours. We'll bring that to you as well before we leave this morning. Steve's been waiting really patiently. Uh, Steve, you're a Collingwood fan. Good morning. Good morning, Kane. It really must be Friday the 13th today. There's so many calling the supporters that actually agree with you, and so do I today. So <laughs> it's, it's a strange, strange it's day strange it is. Feeling. But, um, it is. I'm a 25-year member, and I'm extremely disappointed with the club and the way that they've handled things today. I think my question to you would be that considering all the speculation that's been going on about the club and their payer payment, 
is it time to start to have player salaries made public? Well, Steve, at risk of sounding like an absolute broken record and people switching off their radios or their apps on their phones, whatever it is, uh, I've been big on this for about four years, and if you've listened to me regularly, you know my thoughts on it. Absolutely, it is time to make play wages public. I don't understand, as I said last week, why the free agents' wages have their um, numbers splashed everywhere and everyone knows what Jeremy Cameron's on or um, what... Zach Williams is going to earn what Joe Danaher is going to earn, but no one else knows what anyone else is going to earn. And if you're going to keep clubs accountable, it's time that the members deserve the to know the way that clubs are spending their money. It is high time, it is overtime, it is overdue that play wages became public and um, we were able to keep clubs accountable, particularly the members. So, Steve, you are spot on. You hit the nail on the head. Sean in Chelsea Heights, uh, you want to shift gears and speak about the Crows, Sean? Good morning. Yeah, morning. Thanks for taking the call, Kane. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit uh, surprised that Crows didn't do much much uh, during the trade. I thought, yeah, I don't know whether the guys wanted to come across or not, but the guys like uh, Ben Brown might have been a good good fit at the Crows, given that Taylor Walker's probably finishing up soon and would have been a good, good foil for some of the young guys coming through. Um, and I was surprised when I saw that uh, Jack Higgins went across to St Kilda for pick 17. I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Simon Lethling came out saying that they weren't going to use that pick 17 to trade at all when Brad Crouch was in the picture. So I think, mm. look, I, I think St Kilda did really well, um, and they're going to be a good club with the trades that they've done in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, as a close supporter, it'd be interesting to see how they go in the next couple of years. I mean, they get Jackson Hatley at the pre-season draft. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, I, I think... I think you're right. I, I'll wait and see what they do with the, the listed free agents out of Adelaide. I think that, that there could be certainly an opportunity to bolster the playing stocks with some mature players and there's going to be some really good delisted free agents with list sizes coming down as it sits crows have picks 1 9 22 23 40 56 so that's nice and that will help in time but right now you'd have to think adelaide got a lot weaker in this trade period than what they were last year and last year they only won three games which is somewhat concerning the pain that the Crows fans like yourself could be in for for the next 12 to 24 months Simon's on the line hi Simon how you going there Kane? I'm good thanks good mate hey, my spin's just a bit different from everyone else's but um, I just want to give a big tick to those two players in Chalor uh, yeah. and Jaden just the way they've handled themselves in a sort of age of mental health and, you know, making sure people are looked after. They've been heavily scrutinised publicly. doesn't sound like their clubs have been very transparent with them. And um, But they've handled the way Jaden spoke before. I thought they've handled themselves very maturely and done very well and should be pretty proud of themselves because uh, the grown men and women that are managing them or doing these deals haven't really coughed up a lot of maturity themselves. And that's, that's a really good point. Really, really good point. And in an age where it's pretty easy for a young player to pick up their phone and send a statement on social media, none of them did it, um, which would have been, I reckon, pretty tempting the way that they were um, treated through this period. Neither of them did that. And pretty respectful Jaden Stevenson on the way out yesterday, as much as I thought he made a pretty, pretty important point and it, it didn't look favourable upon his former club, but he did it respectfully and we'll wait and see what Adam Chalor has to say today, but knowing the quality of him, um, 
he'll account for himself pretty well, I would have thought. Brian's in Turak. Um, Jeremy Cameron got to Geelong, uh, Brian, but the Cats paid a bit to get him. Yeah, I... Um well, that's my question for you. Did, did they pay too much for him? And the other one I wanted to ask you, Kane, was um, a lot of players who, who have had their contracts back-ended, do you reckon it's the death of the back-ended contract? Because my understanding is they're not going to get that money back, namely Cameron and someone like Trelaw, who was asked to back-end his contracts um, and has then been thrown out. I was just wondering, is it the end of the back-ended contracts as well? well like usually, yeah, usually the player does it to help the club. So, you know, it's happened... To me, across the course of your career, where the club will say, "Oh, can we, can we move a portion of your money next year out for twelve months, and you, so, so we can, you know, manage the books a little bit better?" Particularly happens to successful sides who are trying to fit players in, and usually the player says, "No worries." But what do you reckon the next Collingwood player that's asked to move some money back is going to say to their club? Eh, I'm not sure. I'm willing to do that. So, yeah, I think players and player managers will be much more reluctant to shift money back. Uh, having seen the goings-on of this trade period. Is it the death of the back-ended contract? Perhaps it is, Brian, posing the question. And Cats fans, how are you feeling about Jeremy Cameron? Ideally, you would have wanted to get him for nothing. That's the beauty of free agency. But thought Geelong, uh, the Giants handled it beautifully and forced you to pay more than you wanted. But as it sits right now, Geelong probably the premiership favourites with Richmond. We'll sum up your team in three words as the morning goes on. We'll also get to Sean, Michael, Shama, Louie and Tom on the other side of this. You're with the Captain's Run on your home of sport, SEN. Yeah, we're taking your calls right through until 12 o'clock on the Captain's Run. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Sean's on the line. He wants to speak about the Pies. G'day, Sean. G'day, Kane. How are you going? Good, thanks, mate. That's good. First time, uh, first time caller. So, uh, welcome. uh, Collingwood supporter and, um, pretty disappointed with, uh, with, uh, yesterday. Um, but, but not just yesterday. I think, um, it's, uh, it doesn't seem to me that they've got an obvious plan, um, to resolve how they're going to kick a score and then be competitive in finals. If you're going to deal with, if you're going to deal with North Melbourne, in fact, Jaden Stevenson and a couple of picks. Surely, you would think there's some some discussion about well, how does how does someone like a Ben Brown fit into the team? Um, now, I know that trading is difficult and um, and getting deals done is always hard. But but yeah, no, I know you just solve the, the the biggest issue that Collingwood mm. seems to have, and that's kicking goals. Yeah, no, and I I get that how they structure up will be fascinating. They need a key target down there. They don't really have one other than my check to go. He's smaller. Does Darcy Moore play forward? Perhaps. But unfortunately, when you're looking at trying to get a Ben Brown in, they just didn't have any money. They wanted money out, not money back in. And that's where they find themselves. The latest news with Meredith Gibbs up next. Oh, it's been an explosive first hour. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So many Collingwood fans wanting to have their say and footy supporters across the 18 teams wanting to dissect and have a look at how their club fared in what was a crazy trade period. And as is always the case, a lot of the deals took until the last minute. We're taking your calls through until 12 o'clock. Sam Edmonds going to join us in a matter of moments. New Eagle, Alex Witherden, is off to the West Coast Eagles from Brisbane Lions. 
Um, and we're going to speak to Orazio Fantasia as well. Adam Trelaw also facing the media, which we will take a portion of that before 12 o'clock this afternoon. We'll get to all of your calls as well. Promise you that before 12 o'clock. We've got Michael, Louis, Tom, Albie, Farrell and Don all lined up and ready to go. But this man has been super busy and he's done an outstanding job covering the trade period for us on Trade Radio and at SEN. He's the Chief Sports Reporter, Sam Edmund. Sammy, um, we got it done, but it was a flurry of activity late as expected. Good morning to you. I'm still exhaling, Kane Corns. It has been a massive deadline day, wasn't it? 12 deals done, of course, uh, in something, as you say, of a deadline day frenzy. 36 deals done in total across the free agency trade and pick swap landscapes. And at the end of it all, Kane, only two really didn't get done that were active mm. at the end. One's Josh Dunkley, as predicted, really. And the other one's Jackson Haightley, albeit the latter has that soft landing of the pre-season draft. And a number of them came really late. And when I say late. I'm talking last five minutes. Cameron to Geelong, Trelaw to the Dogs and Coldwell to the Bombers. Those three in particular breathing a big sigh of relief. Yeah, well, so let, let's work through the wash-up behind it. Um, I want to start with what I thought was going to be the biggest deal, and that was Jeremy Cameron from the Giants. Once the Giants matched, they did a great job, I think, the, the Giants. I know it's not ideal with the players that have left, but they salvaged as best they could out of a really difficult situation and forced Geelong to pay a lot more than they wanted to. I agree. There's no way Geelong were willing to pay initially three first-round picks. Now, in the end, they've parted with, obviously, all three of them, 13, 15 and 20, and a future fourth-round selection. So that's great for GWS, as you say. I agree, making the best of a, a shocking situation, really. But then the Cats have done well, too, because they've got a player in who could win them a premiership, help mm. them win a premiership and then they've also got two future second round selections uh, tied to the Bombers and you mentioned this earlier it sets them up well for next year as well as everything else they've going to have next year from a draft perspective and a much stronger draft with hopefully things going back to normal more exposure to kids playing football in in our state here Victoria so I think the Cats have done really well ultimately they paid more but sometimes you just got to pay more Kane to get a guy and it could be the difference. Mm. Uh, you've been all over the um, well, the unfolding events out of Collingwood, and I've, I must admit I've never seen anything like it. Like it was just a, a genuine garage sale, or as one caller put it this morning, it was your hard rubbish collection where you put everything out on your front lawn and hope the neighbours come by and pick it off, which is what the other clubs did to Collingwood. Adam Trelaw, we weren't sure whether it was going to get done. It must have been such a last-minute deal that went through uh, just before 7.30. It got done at 7.29, Kane, to be wow. precise. So 7.29 with one minute to go. And even those closest to him had had moments where they thought it actually wasn't going to happen. I mean, what more can you say about Collingwood? If I'm a Collingwood member... I, I want a, a fire sale forum. I want to be sat down and walk through exactly how the club has got to this position and how they plan to move forward and what their long-term strategy is. I mean, they have a members forum every year. So if I'm a member, I'm expecting Collingwood to come completely clean on it because at the moment, what we're hearing from Ned Guy, I don't think anyone is believing and we had the opportunity and we do thank him for putting himself up last night on, on SEN to ask him those questions. Mm. I'm just not sure people are buying it. I mean, Jaden Steve, Tom Phillips for 65. I mean, they're paying him $500,000 a year, Kane. Uh, 65? 
Jaden mm. Stevenson effectively traded for pick 26 two years after winning the Rising Star and a year after extending a contract through to 2023 worth, don't worry, worth around $580,000 a season. Adam Trelaw done for pick 14 and a future second, but the Pies also had to give the Dogs two second rounders and they'll have to pay a lot of Adam's contract in the years ahead. I mean, this guy led the league in disposals last year, one of their very best midfielders. So like Stevenson, Trelaw's contract was extended out again little more than a year ago. So all three guys, while Collywood might say they're leaving for different reasons, at the end of the day, they're all paid far more than what you would say they are worth, and that's all Collywood's doing. Yeah, it is. And what do you make of Nathan Buckley's activity on Twitter? I mean, he he almost had a crack at you. Well, he did have a crack at you for a report that you had about Mm. the conversation that had with Adam Trelaw. I'm much more believing of your report now after listening to Jaden Stevenson speak yesterday to SEN where he said he was the one that jumped on the phone to speak to Nathan Buckley and then Bucks told him that he didn't want him to be there. What did you make of uh, Jaden Stevenson's comments yesterday? They were rather explosive as well. That was staggering, wasn't it? I, I couldn't believe that he had to pick up the phone to ring the Collingwood coach. And his version of events, how blunt is, is the reply? That has been disputed this morning by the football manager, Jeff Walsh, just for the record on Triple M, saying that that version of events isn't correct. And Jaden, from Collingwood's point of view, was not in the dark over his playing future. So make of that what you will. But Adam Trelaw speaking today at 11.30. I might wander down to the kennel, Kane, and mm. maybe just uh, see how forthcoming Adam is willing to be on this because it has been said people close to Adam that if he ever gets the opportunity to tell his version of events it will make uh, Jaden Stevenson's story look like tiddlywinks so we'll see what happens there and how forthcoming he's willing to be now that he is well and truly moving on with his career and his life but don't worry that conversation from Nathan Buckley to Adam Trelaw had an element of it that he was told, Adam Trelaw, that senior players at the club, some of them, had agreed that the best course of action was for Adam to look elsewhere. Mm, right, well, that is explosive. Looking forward to that today. We'll bring it to you right here on the Captain's Run. Adam Trelaw's comments when he fronts the media. Um, the dogs did well. I think they've been lauded, and mm. rightly so. But they had a big decision to make. I would have done the Josh Dunkley deal for pick seven and a future second, considering how jammed it's going to be in their midfield. But he stays. How do you think that atmosphere will be when he walks back in for day one of preseason? I think if there's one player you can do this to in the competition, it's Josh Dunkley. I know what you're saying. There'll be an element of awkwardness about it, but it's not like the dogs weren't speaking to Josh Dunkley throughout. They were pretty much in daily conversation and they were rock solid privately, publicly and with Josh Dunkley that it was going to be two first round picks and people say, oh, he's not worth two first round picks. Well, maybe not, but he's worth what the dogs say he's worth. He's got two Mm. years to run on a contract. He was never for sale. They were somewhat blindsided. Well, they were blindsided. They admitted that publicly, Sam Power on Trade Radio and and Essendon did amazingly well to get a commitment from him. But they were never going to give up two first-round draft picks either. So someone had to blink massively for this trade to happen. We always said it wasn't going to. And the dogs, as it turned out, they said it was zero posturing from them. And it absolutely wasn't. They had bought approval early on that they were going to hold Josh Dunkley to the contract should they not get the two first-round picks, knowing full well that Essendon were always going to be highly unlikely. Uh, and Essendon termed it 
as bankrupting the club if they were to give up two of those top mm. ten draft picks. And, and fair enough, they've still got a strong draft hand, a generational hand in the draft. But that's no skin off the dog's nose, Kane. They wanted to keep him. They always did. So now it's up to Luke Beveridge to make it fit. I mean, premiership coach, you make it work, don't you? Okay, you've got a glut of midfielders there, but we're going back to 22 games next year or whatever it might be. We're going back to regular minutes or close there too. Um, you, you're getting in a ruckman, so Josh Dunkley doesn't have to ruck. Does Marcus Bontempelli spend a bit more time forward? Mm. Um, they've got a, a prodigy coming in in Jamari Eugle Hagens. There's a lot to like about the dogs, but it, it will be a jigsaw puzzle for Luke Beveridge to fit in. But the club have been totally aligned. And with Adam Trelaw as well, Kane, um, a very positive meeting. That was almost what sealed it on the Tuesday night, I believe it was, with the coach Luke Beveridge having Adam Trelaw and his partner Kim Revalian over to his house. They had a great meeting there. They hit it off um, and, and it panned out exactly how the dogs wanted. They got Trelaw mm. at their price, $600,000 a season, and they keep Josh Dunkley. I thought there was a number of clubs that performed exceptionally well. Um, what it does do, though, is it, it adds a, a degree of pressure to the clubs with, with what they've got. I think there'll be a significant degree of pressure on Luke Beveridge, considering his finals record since 2016. I think Simon Goodwin has no more excuses. The shuffling of the decks in the coaching department, they now have a key forward. The list is absolutely stacked. Brisbane, highly disappointing in a couple of finals in the last two seasons. No excuses there. Geelong, well, they've almost got to win it. There's, there's none there with the list that they've got. So only one team can win it, Sammy, but there's going to be significant pressure on the back of great performances from the list bosses at a number of clubs. There is, and you lift it, left the club off there, I reckon. Carlton just have Port to play well. finals. Yeah. Carlton and, have to play yep. finals next year. Oh, I reckon Carlton have to win a final. Um, that, that's that's where I see them, and, and I, I shouldn't leave out Port Adelaide as well. I mean, they'll be finished top of the ladder, add two players who are going to walk into your best 22 next year. Yep. I think there's some pressure there. So, I mean, there's six or seven clubs that are going to be great storylines next year. Indeed. But all those clubs did well. We can only judge them on the trade period at the moment. All of them did well in terms of identifying players and getting them in. We know Port, that's a real needs basis with a Lear. Carlton gets some real speed in like they always wanted. Melbourne was screaming out for the key forward. They got him. So they've all done really well in that space. Geelong, okay, they overpaid like we said. But, I mean, at the end of the day, who's going to be thinking about that in round one when Jeremy Cameron mm. lines up mm. alongside Tom Hawkins inside 50 and you've got Isaac Smith screaming off a wing and Sean Higgins kicking at 95% efficiency inside 50. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be the case. Hey, Sammy, um, you're going to head down to the Witten Oval and cover this uh, presser for Adam Trelaw. If you get an opportunity to, to ask a question, what, what would your first question be? Oh, I'm going to ask him about that conversation with Nathan Buckley. If Jaden Stevenson laid out the uh, landscape for us last night on that, I would like to drill into uh, Adam Trelaw's experience with the Collingwood coach. Mm. All right, mate. Look forward to your coverage of that. Do you get to take a break after this week? What's on? What's in store for you? Uh, yes, Kane. Oh, it's a great pleasure to say I will be putting the feet up next week. But after all this activity, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> I might have the shakes. Good problem to have. Congratulations on your work, mate, and we'll catch up after your holiday. Likewise. Thanks, Kane. SEN's Sam Edmund, and don't forget to tune in to This Is Your Sporting Life on Sunday with Sam as he uh, talks to former swimmer Daniel Kowalski, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Let, let, if we do have Michael on the line, I know he's been waiting extremely patiently, so I won't keep him. Uh, I think Michael's just nodded off. He's been waiting so patiently. We'll get back to you, Michael. Louis is in Grovedale, where my grandma lives. G'day to you, Louis. Hey, I'm Kano. Love the show, mate. 
Thank you. You want to speak about Jaden Stevenson? Uh, maybe North Melbourne in general. Yep. I think they won the trade period. How so? Uh, trading Steen uh, Lavely for Danny Lavely. Thank you to you, Louis. A uh, bit of comedy coming through this morning. Let's go to Tom in Williamstown. Um, first of all, yeah, the Bombers, I'm very happy with what they did, but you did, I held a long time to say this, right? Um, just on Carlton, I, Colin and Essen reporters calling the priority pick blues, the beggars. They get the money from the AFL. They get the draft picks from the AFL. They paid $2 million for two half-back flankers. I mean, they don't have a midfield. They just lost Kerno. They think they already won the flag. They're a basket case. They haven't won a <laughs> premiership. They haven't even played him one in the 2000s. And they've got the nerve to have a crack at Essendon and Collingwood. They, they can't I even... I love it when you jump on the phone. You just you watch the text, Tom, after you talk, flood in responding to your criticism of the Blues. Um, I'll hit back, but, but that's okay. We'll give you your platform to have your say. Uh, Albie is also in Williamstown. G'day, Albie. Hi, Kane. Thanks for taking my call. You always take Pleasure, it. mate. Listen, I, I respect your, your opinion and I love your show. Uh, and the statement I want to make is I've been a Collingwood supporter since 1960. Been uh, had a, a, a number of memberships for 20 plus years. I will not be renewing my uh, my memberships uh, next year. Uh, I haven't been this disappointed um, as far back as 1970 when we lost the grand final. Uh, very very poor. I think all Collingwood supporters should get to the the Holden Centre and ask for an explanation. Good on you, Albie. Um, and we're getting a lot of text messages of a similar vein coming through from some really disgruntled and disappointed Collingwood fans. Uh, Farrell, though, is on the line. He wants to defend the Pies. What's your take on it? Uh, look, uh, Kano, thanks for taking my call again, the same as the other guys. Uh, I think people have got to look at the the current uh, setup that we're in. We've just come through an extremely... Um, weird time with COVID it's cost the the, the, uh, the Collingwood Football Club an unt- untotalable amount of money um, to, to spend the whole entire season away from their home ground um, they still still got in a final um, and everyone's, all they're doing is just having a go at the club I mean, everyone seems to forget how recently North Melbourne decided that they were going to get rid of one of the best best players they've ever had in Harvey, and and just shut him out the door, and and ten or eleven other players that that would get a you know a game on everyone else's list. Oh, I think it's it's hard to be highly critical when the, when a team has got have to or have to have a team mentality. It's not about one player, one person. And the other thing was is that Trelaw's starting to get soft tissue injuries. We're not, we can't forget that. He's had two hamstrings in the last, what, 18 months? Yeah, I think he had those, he had two of those issues before they signed him to that long-term extension. So that, that's, that's what I question is the management of the list. And whilst it is a fully team game and no individual is bigger than the team, as they say, it is about how you treat your people. Um, and, from what we're hearing, I'm not sure the Collingwood fans, through lack of information coming through, have been treated the way that they should be, and the players that are leaving, through lack of information, have been treated the way that they should be. I just, just not sure you can defend the club on this one. So, yeah, they'll cop all their bullets at the moment, and that they'll hope that 
move on and get through the preseason, win a couple of early games and get some good players in the draft and this sort of blows over. But should things go badly next year for the Blues, it's going to be um, an almost impossible situation to recover from and it's going to probably take a significant turnover from the people that have made these decisions to satisfy the Collingwood fans at the moment. Don, Tony, Les and Lewis on the other side of this. Coming up this morning, Alex Witherden, Orazio Fantasia and we're going to hear from that man, Adam Trelaw. You're listening to The Captain's Run on SEN. Past 10 o'clock, it's five minutes to 10. If you're listening to us on 1629 SA, sorry, SEN SA in Adelaide, and there are a lot of people that want to have your say, we appreciate it because the show doesn't happen without you. The number's 1300 736 736. It's been busy and it continues to be. Don's in Harvey Bay. Uh, you heard from Eddie Maguire, I think, this morning. Don, um, have you got a thought on, on what he had to say? Yeah, mate. No, not so much a thought. I want to know why is the president and the coach not Johanna Gophers there here? Um, well, I think they're pretty comfortable with the job that Nathan Buckley and Eddie McGuire have done. Um, the, 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 the blame pie, if you look at a, a pie chart and who deserves the blame for the situation that Collingwood are in is interesting. And I, I probably can't answer that, but, a portion of it would go to whoever sits on the list management committee and whoever made the decisions to um, manage the salary cap that they would have done. Now, Ned Guy has been the public fall guy for that and he'll wear a lot of the blame. He hasn't been there for a long time though, Ned. Uh, Jeff Walsh would be involved in that. I'm sure Nathan Buckley sits on list management as well. So that would be where I'd be directing the blame towards. Um, all the figures that sit on that list management committee. Good on you, Don. Let's go to Turak and speak to Tony. Um, g'day, Tone. Hi, Kane. How are you going? Very well. Good. Um, I'm a Geelong supporter, and Cameron is obviously a very good player, but uh, in my book, he's a leading forward. Um, and in the way the game's played this, these days, with everyone flooding back in high positions, the leading forward role is, is almost defunct. Just ask Ben Brown. Um, I don't think even Lockett or Dunstall or or uh, Lloyd would be as effective in today's game as they were back in then. And the worst place, I think, in the AFL for a leading forward would be Cadinia Park, because it's so thin. And, um, I, I mm. think it's a bad move by Geelong. Mm. Yeah, well, it is. The, the role of the forward is fascinating to me. Clearly, they're not as effective as they were, but they're still as important. Well, whilst they don't perform as well as they did historically from a stats and goals point of view, to have two in the forward line is is pretty valuable and it's hard to go back and look at a team that has won a premiership without one but probably two big forwards and the beauty of Cameron is that he can play up the ground he can play a little bit like Buddy and get outside 50 he's a beautiful kick inside 50 he's got speed he's tough and he's got penetration in his kick so I'm a bit more optimistic about the role that Jeremy Cameron can have at the Cats than you are Tony but appreciate your thoughts Uh, Jules is a Collingwood fan I'm assuming Uh, Jules are you and and how have you seen their performance and what they've done in the last two weeks Hi Jules Uh, We'll get back to Jules very very shortly Um, Let's go to Les who uh, wants to talk about the cricket G'day, Les. Yeah, I was just wondering, I've been listening to football enough. What, when are we going to get on the cricket and hear about what the test team's playing, what the interstate sides are doing and what the ladies playing? When are we ever talk about that? 
Well, the test team was announced yesterday. Tim Payne will captain that. Sean Abbott is a good inclusion. Looking forward to Will Pukowski, the young Victorian gun, getting another opportunity. Steve Smith will be in good form. So we, we'll, we will, of course, get on to that. Um, but, Les, this show is your show. So I just take the calls. I don't, I don't dictate what the subject is, although I can lead you into that. If you want to say have your say about cricket, we'll put you on, just like we did then. If you want to talk about lawn bowls, we'll do just that. Lewis is in Westlakes. Uh, Collingwood, Lewis, your thoughts? Yeah, Kane. I think Collingwood, what they've done is actually a step in the right direction. The next thing I'd be doing now is signing Will Hoskin-Elliott and Josh Thomas to long-term deals just to lock in the future. And if this 24-hour trade period happens, I'd also be shipping off Grundy and Adams for maybe a future second-round pick. Even a Scott Pendlebury, I reckon he'd love to play for a real magpie's jersey at Port Adelaide. <laughs> just get rid of them all. Just, just clear, clear them all. Um, what you were referring to, though, in and amongst your humour there, uh, Lewis, was the report from SEN this morning, in fact, it may be from The Age, and, and SEN have republished it, is that the AFL may give teams another period to deal um, once list and salary cap numbers are finalised. So there'll be a second trade window, it'd be brief, but it would give the clubs a chance to mop up uh, anything that they need to get done that they didn't feel they could accomplish. I think it is great. I think it is a great idea and I would love to see it. Let's bring Trade Radio back for another 12 hours. Be magnificent. Uh, Jules, I think we've got you now. You want to speak about Collingwood. G'day, Jules. Thanks, mate. I, I hope you can hear me. I'm driving in the country, but um, I just wanted to say that I think part of the problem with uh, uh, us Collingwood supporters today is we're feeling the effects of the cumulative stress we've had. We've got racist issues in our past that haven't been addressed. Collingwood haven't got on the front foot with that. Uh, we've prioritised the signing of someone with uh, pending charges ahead of someone, uh, you know, quality people like the likes of Chalor, um and Philip and, and Stevo. And I really wish those teams really well. Usually Collingwood supporters, we might boo someone that's went to another team in the next mm. year. We won't be doing that. We'll be cheering them. I'll be following their careers. I will always have a soft spot for those people. And, um, it speaks to a, uh, it speaks to the culture of the club, how you do, how you spare well people. And these are people that deserved better and we haven't given it to them. So I don't know what that says about the culture of our club that we have met this. It's all right to make a business decision and say we don't need those people. That's fine. We all get that. But the way they did it, the way Stevo had to ring Buzz, the way Trelaw's been treated so traumatically right up to the last minute of trade, it's just, you know, quite heartbreaking. And sorry, I've got a lot to say, but I, I love my team. I'm still going to support them and uh, be a member, but it doesn't mean we can't all just call out what we think is an appalling trade period and a worrisome time at our club. Jules, it was worth the wait to get you on. Um, magnificently put and as good a caller as I've taken all year. one 736 736 Back with more of your calls after this. Yes, it is. And the number's one 736 736 Taking your calls. Uh, Matt is on the road. He wants to speak about Carlton and their trade period. G'day, Matt. Yeah, good morning, Kate. How are you? We're good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, look, um, uh, firstly, uh, is it Tom? Where's that, where is that peanut that is to the supporter? Where, where is he, Tom, from where? Williamstown, I think. Williamstown, Williamstown. Okay, just, just quickly give, give Tom a little, a little schooling in, 
history of um, the Essendon Football Club. He thought about we don't have any, we don't have a midfield. They recruit midgets, Kane. They recruit midgets. Um, Essendon um, uh, uh, system. Um, they they recruit them and they recruit little 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 midgets. And just quickly with their picks, I'll be now saying that this is having another rebuild. I mean, they're going back to the draft. Does that mean that it's all failed yet again? I mean, this guy this guy I got got one of the uh, last um, supplements. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> good, good response, Matty. Got to let you go because we've got a special guest on the line and he's been good enough to join us in what's been probably the most busy time of his footy career. Alex Witherden is now a West Coast Eagles. He's joined them after leaving the Brisbane Lions and he joins us on SEN. Alex, firstly, thanks for your time and, and congratulations, mate. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm a bit uh, disappointed you cut. Last caller, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's been, it's been going nuts here this morning. Um, take us through um, a player's perspective. I mean, we we analyse it, we talk, often neglected. Take us inside your last two weeks. Yeah, so it's been quite a strange couple of weeks for myself. Um, at the end of the season, I, I had my exit interview, sort of as every player does, Um and sat in there with Fags and Nobes, line coach, um, Dom and Brojo, all those guys. And <clears throat> I sort of, I sort, we sort of spoke about the year and, and, um, played some good footy when I, when I got in. But they said, you know, going forward, it's going to be really, uh, tight competition for spots down back. And they're looking for players that are able to play multiple roles and, and play half back wing. And, and we saw with, um, Brandon Stasevich, Kalachi, those guys were able to play those roles this year. And I've, I probably haven't shown that I can do that. Um, in my time um, at, at the Lions, so um, yeah, that's sort of the direction they wanted to head in, and I think they were comfortable just having Richie um, for the next few years off, off the half back as sort of the the uh, the kicker as such. Um, mm. And then yeah, so they sort of said, "Look, we love you, but if something pops up, let us know, um, and if you think it's best for your career, we'll help you get it done." So they didn't kick me out, but it didn't. They didn't. It didn't feel like I was, you know, 100% um, wanted at the yeah. club as such. Um, so I guess for both parties, I think they needed they needed to get rid of um, someone off their list and, and I was able to get a really good opportunity at West Coast and, and I sort of went to my manager and um, just sort of spoke about that meeting and said, well, mate, it might be best to just have a look at my opportunities elsewhere um, if, if anything good comes up, then we'll consider it. But we're not just leaving for the sake of it. Um, and then, yeah, from that point on, we uh, we had a bit of dialogue with a few clubs and, and we met with, we spoke to a couple and, um, yeah, West Coast really stood out um, in their Zoom call that we had with them. So that was Simo, Craig Vozzo, Glassy, um, those three. And I got off the phone, I got off the Zoom chat to them and called Nick Gershon and said, I think I want to be an Eagle. Um you know the way they sort of presented the club was, and the, and their vision going forward sat really well with me. Um, their values and trademarks and stuff also really gelled with what I'm about as a person. Um, mm. And they didn't blow smoke up my backside or anything like that. They um, they said I'm going to have to work really hard to get a spot, and I'm, and I'm well aware of that. But if I come in, do the work, um, there, there's a role for me. So um, I'm looking forward to getting over to Perth um, and getting stuck into it and. And uh, yeah, hopefully playing some really good footy for West Coast. And was it was it only the Eagles that you dealt with? Uh, there was a bit of dialogue 
uh, with a few clubs, but we only really got serious with, with West Coast, yeah. And and the Zoom call you speak of, I mean, usually you probably would have jumped on a plane and, and met face-to-face or Aaliyah do that for Port Adelaide. How is it yeah. structured and who did the majority of the talking um, in that call that you had with the Eagles that impressed you so much? Yeah, so... Um it's just yeah, it's it's weird. You you sort of mm. log on to Zoom and you'll log on at different times and you you're stuck in half conversations when <laughs> other people roll in. It's a little bit different, but um yes, Glassy sort of outlined what the club um were looking for from a list perspective as his list manager and, and Craig sort of spoke about a few of the other the key fundamentals of um what the club's about and then Simo just sort of really brought it home with um, the culture and, and what the playing group are trying to achieve and stand for and all those things and how he thinks I can fit into that. And um, I just felt, I, yeah, I felt a really good rapport with, with Simo in particular. And mm. um, I think I think you need that sometimes, um, especially if you're going to uproot your life and move to the other side of the country. It's probably you want to be supported and backed by your coach when doing so. Such a key figure for the Lions, particularly in your first three seasons. But in 18 and 19, you, you basically didn't miss a game. You played, what is it, 44 games in, in those two seasons. Just the six this year. Were, were, you, were you disappointed uh, the club brought in, you know, Grant Birchall and, and Archie to a different extent to, to play across halfback? What, what was your thought process when you saw these moves being made off the field? And did it have you questioning, oh, hang on, where, where do I exactly sit in the scheme of things? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, yeah, originally that's that's where my headspace was at last year, and they're going pretty hard for a couple of half backs. It it makes you question um, how much they rate you as a player um, if they're sort of bringing in other players to replace you. And um, I was definitely frustrated throughout the the season at times through lack of opportunity because when I did play, I was able to play some good footy um, in a few of those games, and it just felt, I think. Sometimes when you have a winning team and a really settled lineup, um, and they've got their uh, uh, Fags is pretty pretty good at just picking a solid lineup. He doesn't like to make mm. too many changes, and I've probably been the beneficiary of that in the past. And this year, um, he obviously had those guys in front of me. So whenever someone was coming back into the team, or, or we lost, or whatever, I was probably just the one that that ended up getting dropped, which was a little bit disappointing. But um, yeah, that's all in the past now, and I'm mm. not one to, you know, suck about the past. It's it's about getting onto it and moving forward. And I've got a really good opportunity at West Coast. So that's all I'm really focused on at the moment. What will you miss most about the Lions? Uh, probably the the brotherhood of all the players. It's a really close playing group. Um, I think you see on the field that the amount of fun that the boys have together, um, and that's just because everyone's moved away from their family. Um, at a young age, we have a, quite a young group, so we sort of we're a bunch of really good mates. Um, I'm actually at Hamilton Island with about 20 of them at the moment, um, <laughs> and their partners. So it's just a really good family club, and, and that's probably, I'll miss that a little bit. Um, but I'm sure I'll make you know really good friends over in WA as well. The Eagles have got a ripper, Alex Witherden, joining us this morning. He's on Hamilton Island, as you just heard, with with a few of his Lions teammates and their families. Um, wh- when does it? all start. I mean, you, you'll head back to Brisbane, pack up your things and, and make the big move. It's about a bigger move as you can make, Alex. So have you got a date from, from when you'd like to be there? Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a few people say it's the longest trip in football. Uh, yeah. So, 
six hours or something over there. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky. I'm heading over with my partner. Her name's Grace. Um, so I've got a really good support network sort of at the end of November. Um, just see the city, um, meet a few, a few of the boys and a few of the coaches and everything. Um, I'll, I'll do some training pre-Christmas. I think it's really important to, to get in and make a really good first impression. So I want to do the training with the, the younger guys pre-Chrissy and, um, and, and help build a few relationships there. And, um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be basically flat out, um, from December 7th. Well, that, that is exciting and will come around quickly. Do, do you think having lived it is the, is the trade period too long? I mean, you, you weren't a last minute deadline deal like we saw with Trelaw and some others, but it was, was pretty close. Is it too long and too excruciating for the players to have to sit through? Uh, I was okay because mm. either way, I felt like, mm. you know, I was pretty lucky that I had two years to run on a contract, but for some guys, and, and because I wasn't one of the more high-profile cases, I didn't pop a lot of the media attention that you, an Adam Trelaw or a Jaden Stevenson might have got. Um, so for those guys, I reckon it would have been a pretty tough couple of weeks because they'd see their, their face in the paper or wherever every day. Um, but, it, yeah, it's too long. It, it needs to be, I reckon, five days. Um, clubs have a fair idea of what they want to do um, before that, that stage anyway, so... I reckon you can you can do a Monday to Friday or whatever, and and that should be good enough. Because we see every year it takes the last two days and everything starts happening, and the first the first week's just a waste of time. Mm. And uh, what is it? Three out of the top four of that rising star class of was it twenty eighteen? It have found new homes, Alex. What's was that a curse or what? <laughs> yeah, it does <laughs> seem that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that, but Duh. yeah. Tommy Duda um, is still going strong at the lady. He'll probably be their next captain. Yeah, well, that, that's right. He, he, he's holding up the fort for everyone. Hey, mate, you, you spoke yeah. so impressively. I, I know the Eagles and, and Darren Glass has spoken about how excited they are to get a character like yourself into that footy club. You've got a good 10 to 12 years in front of you, particularly with the opportunities that will happen when some of the Eagles retire. And we wish you all the best, mate, and appreciate you joining us on your holidays. Thanks, Fonzie. Thanks for the chat, mate. Cheers. Alex Witherden, what an impressive young man, what a great attitude that he's got, but it's a it's a really good insight into what goes on for the lives of these players who find themselves, for whatever reason, on the trade table. Um, you start hearing some rumours, you speak to the club, you explore opportunities, you have a chat to some other clubs, you sit down with them over Zoom, and then all of a sudden you find yourself playing your footy on the other side of the country. We'll get to Lou, Martin, Robert, Mark, Matt and Paul. Uh, also, Aratio Fantasia is going to join us. We're also going to speak to Sam Perry for that, uh, to hear from Adam Chalor in a matter of moments, which is going to be an interesting chat that we'll bring to you right here on the Captain's Run. You can get involved by calling us or texting us. The temper text line is 0433981116. We'll read some of those out on the other side of this. Yeah, you are listening to the Captain's Run. If you're just tuning in to us, it's been a busy program um, dominated by the fallout to Collingwood's trade period, and you've still got your opportunity to have your say on that, Pies fans, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Very shortly, Adam Trelaw will be fronting the media, and we'll bring that to you um, from what he has to say as he's ruled out by the Western Bulldogs this morning to front the media. We'll also speak to... Now Port Adelaide forward, Aratio Fantasia, who has left the Bombers, and we'll talk some cricket with Sam. 
Perry, but today you can buy a Deakin Melbourne Boomers Family Hub membership for just $60 and get a 60-day KO access for nothing. Search Deakin Melbourne Boomers membership. It is Melbourne Boomers membership day, and one of the stars of the Boomers is our next guest, Tess. Imagine joins us. Tess, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. How you played last night? You dominated. Uh, you defeated Sydney Uni eighty-five to seventy, and you scored a game-high twenty-three points. How'd you pull up? Yeah, I'm feeling really great. Obviously, it's good after a win. Um, but yeah, I think you know it was a good starting point last night. We have a lot to work on, but also a lot of positives. And to get the first win on the board in the first game, I think will will build some momentum for us. So what is what's the schedule look like? I, I know you're away and you've quarantined. You're in. Um, you, you've come from Brisbane. Um, sorry, you came out of quarantine in Brisbane last Sunday. What is the tournament that is confronting you now? For for those that don't know, and how is it that you find yourself playing against teams like um, uh, Sydney Uni last night? Yeah, it's pretty hectic. So we've squeezed our season. Um, we've cut one round out. So we have 14 games instead of the normal 21. Um, and it's 14 games in 32 days. So we're basically playing every other day. Um, so mm. it is really hectic. But, I mean, it's great because there's less practice. Um, <laughs> so that's a positive. But, yeah, it's pretty hectic. Um, we have a rest day today to get ready for our big game tomorrow against the Southside Flyers. So 14 games per club in 33 days, then a week off of finals. Have, have, do you think they've taken inspiration of similar to what the NBA did with, with the hub over there and the way that they conducted the finish to their season? Yeah, absolutely. And with the WNBA as well. And everyone saw how successful it was. And, you know, they played really great basketball. So um, we're obviously looking to do the same. Um, and we're just super grateful you know, to the Queensland government for giving us the opportunity to have our season up here. What was the, the travel and the quarantine like? As I said, you came out of that on Sunday. How challenging was it for you? Were you able to practice and what sort of restrictions were placed on you? So, yeah, we were able to practice, luckily. Um, so we could leave the hotel to go to practice and wait. Um, but that was all. We had to stay in the hotel all other times. Um, and we had three girls in Queensland um, over the COVID period who didn't come down to Melbourne. So we basically just had a two-week pre-season, which is pretty hectic. Um, but we do have a lot of savvy vets on our team, so <laughs> able to learn quickly, um, which I think is really important for such a, a quick pre-season. Well, you're in good form. Who are some of the other teammates that are performing well? Um, Ezzy Magbegor, she's off a WNBA championship with the Seattle Storm. Um, so she's super exciting and great to play with. Um, we have Kayla George, who's, you know, a, a member of the Opals leadership group. Um, we have Maddie Garrick, star three on three player. And then we have, um, a lot of really great New Zealanders. Um, we basically got the whole starting five from the New Zealand national team. So we have a very deep team, um, and a very exciting team and everyone can play. So, you know, any given day, it'll be anyone's game, and it's, you know, it's really fun to play that way. And your fiercest competition, or who do you think that will be? Um, I think for sure the, the Crosstown rivals, the Southside Flyers. So we have our first match up with them tomorrow. Um, they have, you know, a couple of, they have the Opals captain, Jenro Hay, Liz Cambridge, probably the best five in the world. Um, 
So they've got a lot of great players, but so do we, and it's going to be a really exciting game, I think, tomorrow night. Wish we could be playing it in Melbourne, but hopefully everyone back home gets around it. Mm. Yeah, well, I want to ask you about that because the WNBL is the second strongest women's professional sporting league after the WNBA in America, which you alluded to. So for anyone thinking about supporting you and your team, this offer that is in front of them today is, is about as good as it gets. So what would you say to any Melbourne Boomers fans that are thinking about jumping on and getting behind the team this year? Yeah, well, I mean, it's basically free. You get the KO membership, which mm. is about $60 for two months anyway. So um, it's a really good opportunity. There's not much sport being played at the moment. And like you said, the WNBL is one of the best um, basketball leagues in the world. So there's been really no better time to get behind women's sport. And, you know, you won't regret it. We have, we're like great leaders, role models for the community. And um, especially our Melbourne Boomers brand of basketball is really exciting to watch. Well, well said, absolutely. And just repeating that offer, as Tess has alluded to, buy a Deakin Melbourne Boomers Family Hud membership for just $60. But what you get with that is 60 days access to KO. So it basically pays for itself. Uh, Tess, you're a star. Congratulations on your start to the tournament. And we wish you and your teammates all the best. Thank you so much, Kat. Thanks for having me on pleasure test imagine joining us from the melbourne boomers and it is melbourne boomers membership day check out that offer by jumping on the website and signing up for just 60 dollars. but the returns will be significant as well um what i want to do is um get to your club and the performance in trade period using only three words we, we might whip through a couple of these just quickly because the trade period is wrapped up and camera William Sard, Brown Higgins, Stevenson, Trelaw, all found new homes and they'll be wearing new colours next year. And the best way that I know how to wrap up your trade period and the easiest is in three words. So I might start with the Crows. I'm not sure the Crows fans are going to like it, but three words for the Crows in the trade period. Crows got worse. They won three games last year and they've lost another two first-choice players in... Um, Brad Crouch and Rory Atkins without getting much back in. Jackson Haightley will come in and the draft hand will help, but I'm not sure how the Crows improve on their three-game win season last year. Could be a tough couple of years coming up for the Crows. Brisbane, well, the lines are ripe, are the three words. Danaher's entering the forward six. They have no excuses. Nakai Cockatoo comes in, I hope, and Touchwood, he gets some good footy left out of his body, but Disappointing last couple of finals for the Lions, and they'd be very close to Geelong and Richmond as the flag favourites right now. Carlton, finals are coming for the Blues. They were a big winner, I thought. You add two top 50 players in Saad and Williams in the trade period and only really gave up pick eight. I think it's a pretty significant performance through the trade period, but with it, comes some pr pressure to perform and nothing but a finals win in 2021 will be acceptable for the Carlton Footy Club. Collingwood, a catastrophic mess. The Holden Centre's burning and it remains to be seen how much of the furniture can be saved. Still some good players on the list and they're capable of winning finals and perhaps a premiership, but the psychological damage that's been done to the playing group with the treatment of their players and the members in the last couple of weeks was, I think, disgraceful. Essendon, 
Water into Wine. Five weeks ago, Saad and Danaher and Fantasia were leaving. The Bombers were ridiculed. People were calling it a catastrophe. I thought they did a great job, the Bombers. I thought they did. Gave up nothing to get Peter Wright. Caldwell comes in, young midfielder, ready to go. Pick six, seven, and eight in the draft. It's about as good as it gets and an unbelievable opportunity to salvage something out of what was a disappointing situation with players leaving. Let's get to Geelong. Three words. Must win it. The Cats, well, they desperately didn't want to give up their draft hall to get Jeremy Cameron. They were forced to. They blinked first. But having said that, the addition of Higgins, Smith and Cameron has them, in my opinion, starting 2021 as the premiership favourites. We'll get to Gold Coast. The interested onlooker. They didn't do much, did they? Sat back and were happy to watch the other major players get to work. Got Rory Atkins in. He'll be a handy player through the midfield for them. Lost Peter Wright, but pick five in the draft, and they just need to improve next year, don't they? The Suns showed some signs, but a minimum of nine games for wins next year, that's the minimum achievement for them. GWS, giant salvage mission. They lost six players or five with Haightley still to come, but mitigated the damage as best as they possibly could by admirably and bravely matching the free agency bid for Cameron and forcing Geelong to blink at the last minute and give up three first-round draft picks. So the Lions are still uh, stacked with enough talent, but the pressure is going to be on their coach, Leon Cameron, for early wins next year. Let's get to Fremantle. No participation award. Uh, The Dockers, well, they also held a garage sale. But they're pretty comfortable with the young batch of players that they've got and a list filled with uh, impressive talent. It'll be the size of the club's injury list that will determine um, how close the Dockers can push towards the eight next year. We'll get to Hawthorne, Melbourne, North, Port, Richmond, Saints, Sydney, the Dogs and West Coast before 12 o'clock. And if you want to join in, three words to describe your club's trade period. The number's one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's time now for a Bet Deluxe Cross with our mate Paul Sebastiani. Bet Deluxe. Serious betting for serious punters. Betdeluxe.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Yes. Plenty happening in the world of racing over the weekend. Bet Deluxe. Serious betting for serious punters. Gamble responsibly. Paul, welcome to you. Kane, how are you? Sandown races tomorrow, mate. Take us through the form. Yeah, plenty going on. Hopefully we can turn you into a racing fan this weekend with a few tips, Kane. That'd be nice. <laughs> at uh, Newcastle, so race seven up there. Uh, there's one that's, uh, that's been specced at each way odds. It's called Special Reward. I didn't mind. It's about $16. Finished last, last stuff, but was in the market. So keep an eye out for it uh, on an each way basis. And then over to Sandown as well, we've got the uh, Zipping Classic. There's one at each way odds there we've had a bit of money for. Chris Waller trains. It's called Brimham Rocks. It's about $6.50. There's been good money for it at beddeluxe.com.au. And don't forget to take up our racing promos across Australia. So if you finish second on Saturday with any horse Australia-wide at any Metro meet, you get your money back in bonus bets up to 50 bucks, Kane. So a few little juicy ones there for you, mate. Well said, mate. Well, well said. I'll have a look at those, no doubt. What about the state of origin? You got an early market for us for Game 3? We do, mate, yeah. The Maroons are still outsiders, uh, even though the series is levelled up at 1-1. Uh, so they're $2.78 outsiders. New South Wales, all the money's for them. It's $1.44. The line's set at 6.5, so the minus is $1.91, and the plus is $1.89. So game three, the decider, it's a tight one in the market. Should be a good one, Kane. 
Good on you, Paul. Look forward to doing it uh, all again with you next week, mate. Enjoy the racing, enjoy the origin, and, and next week I might challenge you for an early market on the AFL after the trade period is done. You, you have a great weekend, Paul. Speak to you next week, and if you are serious about betting, the place you want to be is Bet Deluxe. It's serious betting for serious punters. BetDeluxe.com.au. Gamble response. Paint spot. Well, we had a caller a little bit earlier who said, why aren't you talking about the cricket? It's uh, cricket season and the internationals will be here. Before we know it, well, we thought we'd get the guru on Sam Perry. What he doesn't know about cricket isn't worth knowing. He's from the grade cricketer and he joins us for a chat. Sammy, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Kane. I mean, I'd prefer to talk about the trade period, to be honest. I, I live here in <laughs> Melbourne and, uh, you know, I, I'm from Sydney originally, like, so I don't really know what's going on, but I keep hearing about Adam Trelaw or something. <laughs> Collingwood fans unhappy, but let's talk about cricket. Yeah, they're, they're not happy at all. Um, and we'll hear from him very shortly. But let's talk about cricket because the Australian Test squad was named. Um, without going through them all, were, were there any significant surprises or shocks for you out of those named? Oh, no, literally zero shocks uh, with the squad. I mean, the standout uh, selections were the young guys, Pekofsky and Cameron Green coming into the side. Uh, you know, it's always important when you, you know, when it comes to establishing narrative in cricket to provide some fresh meat, you know, mm. as, as fans, as consumers of cricket, we want to imagine, you know, new young guys with baggy greens on their heads. So they were the two obvious uh, selections, you know, Joe Burns, who is the incumbent opener, will now face a lot of pressure from Will Pekofsky, who just can't stop scoring runs, you know, like uh, children don't go to bed, Kane, you know, at night dreaming of a well-constructed 38 by Joe Burns, you know, that they want to be the Victorian wonderkins, you know, with hair flowing out of the back of the helmet. So I think uh, Will Pekofsky has the inside running for that, uh, for that gig, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what JL thinks. We will see. Um, so... Who's going to be the unlucky batsman that miss out? I mean, that's often the story, isn't it? When you've got 17 names, you've got to, you know, pick six batters. Um, they don't all fit in. Well, that's right. Look, they've been going with six batters for a couple of years now. In the past, before that, when they were trying to recreate the Andrew Flintoff who destroyed us in 2005, they kept trying to cycle through guys like, uh, you know, Mitch Marsh and Shane Watson, but Watson, could never yeah. find that Flintoff we needed. So uh, there'll be six bats. Oh, look, I, I think that Joe Burns will probably miss out for Will Pekofsky. Uh There is one more... Um, you know, there is one more game with the Australia A squad announced as well. And who knows, you know, we have such recency bias in this country. If Joe Burns scores 100 and Will Pekofsky misses out, then we'll forget everything that happened before that. <laughs> but I think Pekofsky will come in for Burns. I think he's ready. Um, if he says he's ready mentally, then I think he, you know, he's a, he's a guy that they could build a team around for 10 years. I think they're really keen to get him in. And, and I think because they're, they'll probably bring him in, that might actually push Cameron Green's selection hopes uh, backwards a little bit. Because I think they'd be loath to bring two new guys into the top six for what should be a pretty big series. Mm. So you think Pekofsky gets the nod, but Green might miss out? Yeah, I think they might wait for Green because he's such a... Uh, I mean, he offers so much, uh, almost too much. They might be a bit unwilling to uh, take that kind of risk where you sort of blood a new opener who's 21 years old along with a number six who's got a bowl as well, who's only just come back for bowling. I think they might be a little bit more patient with Cameron Green, but I think they're also, you know, in the country is too, you know, salivating over him. I mean, when was the last time we had a... 
you know, nearly two metre tall, blonde haired, uh, you know, guy who could bowl 140 k's and score double hundreds, you know, or nearly double hundreds. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that they're really excited about as well, but um, they might just wait for him, I think. Spin is interesting. Um, first test and will he challenge Nathan Lyon for that spinner's role or you, you can't see him going past the GOAT? Oh, they, no, they won't go past the GOAT. I think they'd be, you know, riding on the streets if they uh, let go mm. of Nathan Lyon now. The Swetson's bowled really, really well, though, over in South Australia, and I think he's now definitely the number two spinner. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the, the overall theme of this summer, Kane, is, you know, can Australia continue its ascension back to the you know, that place of psychological safety in our country, which is basically winning every single game all the time, hundreds galore, intimidating quicks, one spinner who does the job, uh, you know, tough to get into the side. I mean, this is what Justin Lang is trying to recreate. He's basically trying to recreate the late 90s and early 2000s. So I don't think he will be so progressive as to, uh, you know, get rid of Nathan Lyon for Mitch Swepson. I think Swepson will be, you know, in contention for perhaps the test at the SCG. And uh, he'll just have to wait because the goat's a pretty important part of their side. You know, he he does take wickets in the second innings a fair bit, but he also he he can bowl very dry and very economically when the the quicks need to have a rest. Uh, so he's super important to that side. I, I can't see him leaving anytime soon. Mm, uh, the story of Sean Abbott is um, well, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? T- tell us about it. He's he, where's you know how has he developed so quickly to the point where he's got a maybe a baggy green in front of him. He's a great cricketer, Sean Abbott. He's been a great cricketer for a really long time. Uh, such a competitive guy. I've even played a little bit against him as, uh, when I was growing up as well. I mean, he's a cricketer who, who can do it all, and he's showing that now. I mean, he's always been able to bowl quite quickly with great skill. And when he first came onto the scene, his skills for the bat were really, really good. He's always been a very athletic fielder. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, he actually his batting dropped off uh, a fair bit. Now he seems to have rediscovered it for the Blues. He's the linchpin of their attack, which is a very, very good attack. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that's going to be really attractive to selectors because he can bowl quite quickly. He's got great skill with the ball. He can move it away. He can hit the scene. He's a very athletic fielder, as I said. And now, you know, he's got a first-class 100 next to his name in the last couple of weeks and a couple of 50s as well. I mean, uh, you know, he, he may have jumped Michael Nisa, you know, uh, as the backup quick. Uh, if indeed a spot comes up, and it might because it's such a heavy summer. Uh, they're all in the bubble. That's why they've selected so many uh, players. And, you know, as everybody knows around the nation, sadly, but, you know, once you get that baggy blue cap, you, you, you may get a baggy green one with it as well. Sam Perry is from the grade cricketer taking us through the squad that was announced during the week. That first test will be in Sydney on November the 27th. Virat Kohli's not going to be part of it for very long. Disappointing for... I guess for fans, not disappointing for the Aussie bowlers who are going to have to bowl to him. <laughs> it's funny you say that, you know, like talking to a lot of the Aussie bowlers over the last few years, there's definitely, they've definitely got a plan, you know, internally to try and alpha Virat Kohli at every turn. I mean, you only have to watch Tim Payne uh, in his recent piece on the ABC talk about how much they dislike Kohli. I think there's a genuine, like, antipathy towards him. So whenever you hear them talk about Cole, they always try and sort of rubbish him a little bit. I mean, he is the best player in the world and easily mm. the most uh, recognisable figure in world cricket. But anytime you ask the bowlers who, who they least like bowling to in that Indian side, they never say Cole and they always say Pajara. 
you know, who's right. the uh, who's like Rahul Dravid Mark II. Well, they couldn't get Pajara out last time. He just bored the living daylights out of them and ended up scoring a truckload of runs. Kohli, uh, and, you know, this will get me cancelled in India, but Kohli hasn't really um, taken Australia apart for a while. Uh, I know that'd be red rag to a bull for him, but he did make 100 in Perth last time out here, but they lost that game. And then other than that, the Aussie bowlers tend to just hang the ball outside or stump to him, and he ends up... Uh, nicking off or getting out. So mm. I'm not sure from a pure playing perspective whether the Aussies... I mean, they'll, they'll obviously prefer that he's not there. But, um, you know, I think they've got bigger worries than him. As for the spectacle, it, it it does detract from it. He's got the best reason in the world to not be there. I don't think anyone's questioning that apart from a couple of um, people stuck in last century. But, um, you know, he's great to watch. He's always very fiery. He brings it to the Aussies. And, and deep down, I think Aussies always respect... Uh, guys who play cricket against us with that kind of hard-nosed aggression that we're so used to. Well, Sammy, we always appreciate it, mate. What's news with the great cricketer boys? What have you got planned for a big summer of cricket? Oh, it's an enormous summer, Kane. Uh, our, our podcast is just taking a little breather at the moment. We'll be back to yeah. launch uh, the summer in two weeks' time. We have uh, one of the biggest guests. Uh, we've called him the White Whale uh, for a long time. I, I actually can't. I'm not sure if I should announce it, announce it on SCN today. <laughs> All right, I'll do it for entertainment's sake. So we've managed to secure... Uh, Mark War as our first guest on the show, and he doesn't do a lot of interviews. We've already recorded the interview. It's as side-mouthed uh, as you could imagine, and uh, we've got Greg Chapel coming up the week after that. So oh, that'll be every Tuesday in a couple it. of weeks' time. We're on Channel Seven this summer as well uh, with a modest digital show, just trying to you know bash the door down for some broadcast time. Uh, if you are listening, Channel Seven, forget Trent's touchscreen. Let's uh, go the anti-masterclass <laughs> with the great cricketer. Uh, and, yeah, you know, you, you'll see us making pretty poorly considered jokes online as well. Get around the boys. They're absolute gurus of what they do. Appreciate your time, mate. No worries, Kane. Cheers. I think I got those dates wrong as well. I was looking at the ODI series, not the test series. First test is, in fact, in Adelaide on the 17th of December. Sam Perry from the Grey Cricketer joining us. Coming up shortly, Aratio Fantasia, Port Adelaide's. From around the world, right here on SEN. Uh, and coming up next, if, if Daniel, Matt and Mark want to hold on, I'm sure Dwayne would be more than happy to take your calls after this. He's got a big up on Dwayne's world. Blair Hartley, the list manager at the All-Conquering Tigers, will join him, as will former Collingwood player, now Hawthorne wingman Tom Phillips. Sam Edmonds going to join him live from Witten Oval after just having listened to Adam Trelaw speak to the media. And Matty Rendell, the list guru, to dissect the trade period. Adam Trelaw said... Collingwood were adamant they had to move me on. They genuinely thought I wasn't going to manage being away from my family and I wish I could have finished my career at Collingwood. That's the honest truth. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. I'll be back in a few weeks and look forward to doing it all again with you magnificent people in a couple of weeks' time. So stay safe and I'll chat to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great day. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.